What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for hanging out with us this evening. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me as always, Ivan Lovgren. Couldn't do it without him. How you doing, Ivan? Uh, I'm doing great tonight. I'm excited for the show tonight. We've got a special guest on the show that is going to be super awesome to talk to, as well as uh, lots of giveaways. Lots of great news, notes, and nuggets, as well as a stacked hot in the shop for next week. So, so I couldn't do, I couldn't be any better, Rob. Oh, good to hear it. Good to hear it. Yeah, we got a lot in store, but we're going to kick it off with our Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll, which is, what baseball card brand would you like to see Tops bring back to the hobby? And Ooh. so this led us down to providing three choices and then other and asking for some feedback. 179 of you weighing in, still an hour left. Um, your choices were pristine, laser, Cracker Jack, or other. Right now, Cracker Jack is leading the way at 39.1%, followed by pristine, 30.2%, and laser at 19%. Um Personally, I voted for laser. I think that type of design and technology product would be super hot right now. Um, what about you, Ivan? Not to mention give graders conniption fits, right? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that can be kind of fun, though, right? Like trying to get, uh, you know, a, a PSA 10, you know, of a... Of a card that's if you're not familiar with laser there was die cuts inside the card like throughout insane um i i picked other because i did need a little help from the audience so uh you know i had i missed out on the big heyday of 27 different tops brands that sort of started in 1997 98 that was right when i sort of stopped collecting for a bit so i was going through the others and i saw someone say strata and i absolutely loved strata for the very few years that it existed and as a subset in in football i thought it was one of the coolest things especially with the rivet cards that had you know three different layers of card on them so i went with uh j franklin 2678 uh on strata but lots of fun responses you know really love uh heat wave 316 saying i'd love a whole set of turkey red you know, I enjoyed yeah. the inserts this year, so I, I wouldn't argue with that as a cool one. I actually wasn't as familiar with the Cracker Jack cards, though I guess the um, I do remember these minis that I see Carter W. Carter posted. Um, and there was even little prizes that you peeled open and there were like micros. It was really cool. There were some neat things to it. I like what Ted Dastic Jr. said, finest but with actual old finest technology – because uh, it kind of seems like all the finest products now look just like Chrome. They don't have the cool etching effect that finest used to have. And I want uh, the thing back on the peel, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, any yeah. anything that gives us options to damage our cards or not, <laughs> like like what what was better? Were you supposed to peel or not peel? Was peeling damaging it or was peeling setting it free? Yeah. Some other people said. Fam Den at Fam Den said tops embossed. Eric Bailey is looking at tops legacies. Uh, how about no? Brad Connell, uh, Cow Kid One, 
no to tops 52 rookies. I did not. I did not like that. Uh, but like I said, uh, that's why a question like this is a lot of fun. It, it can stir up a lot of ideas. Uh, how about gallery back to the hobby? Even, you know, sure you can buy it at retail, but what about a different configuration with rotating art? I mean, there's still a lot you could do with gallery. I've, um, I've got a question actually. So Mike Smith, chef M Smith, Oh four said if tops could revive masterpiece, which was upper deck, that would be fine by me. Uh, has there ever been talk about that? Like, do you think that Upper Deck still holds out hope of one day reviving a baseball license? Or do you think it could be something where Tops could come in and say, hey, can we buy that brand from you to produce? Or even some of the Fleer brands, which I'm sure Upper Deck owns. That would be exciting to see. Fleer owns all the Upper Deck brands. That's actually how this poll got started it was a conversation with my uh, marketing manager and he kind of had suggested it and he was taking the poll in the direction of uh, okay we've we've got wild card football coming back and out you've got pro set he was thinking classics what's the next one classics sport flicks and I said well those are all kind of two company focused. I think I'm going to narrow this down and go in this direction since Tops has so many brands that they could go back to. And so, yeah. And these are, I, I liked all three of these products, even Pristine. Pristine was a good product. Um, it was one of the first like hit focused, higher end. Uh, and, and to bring that back, some people would say, well, we have clearly authentic. And yeah, that's, similar, but it's still not the same. So if you haven't weighed in, please do so. That number's already that great. That number's already jumped up to almost 200 votes. But the reason that this poll is also important, not only to get you talking and thinking about the hobby and brands that you used to love, but uh, it's also how we're going to aggregate our giveaways this evening. So be sure you are following GoGTS Live on Twitter, regardless of where you're watching. And Ivan will let you know what you need to retweet to be automatically entered to win tonight's giveaways. So, Rob, we've actually got a bit of a different show tonight when it comes to giveaways. We've only got one traditional giveaway in the form of like a sealed box, but we've got three extra bonus prizes. So it's going to be easy. There's not going to be any new tweet or anything. Just go out and retweet the Periscope tweet of the broadcast. So it should be the top, the most recent tweet, at least retweet that and make sure that you're following us. And that's how you'll enter to win our four prizes, which we'll jump into later because I know our guest is coming on. Um, But yeah, it's going to be nice and easy. Just go to twitter.com slash go GTS live and retweet the live broadcast. And now we're pleased to be joined by the man of many voices, David Soboloff. David, welcome to GoGTS Live, the Hobbies web show. Thanks for taking some time to hang out with us this evening. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, it's absolutely a pre- pleasure. Now, I know there's some people out there going, okay, what's going on? This is a show about trading cards, and we're talking to a voice actor. Well, I mean, y- your resume is pretty deep with some franchises that not only have some trading cards, but are just uber popular i mean marvel only only popular with people that go take ubers 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, you might you might know David as Drax. You might know him as what are oh, as Gorilla Grodd from one of my favorite TV shows on the CW, The Flash. But you might know him from some other ones as well because he's done so many. Talk about some of them with us. Well, let's let's find the ones that have cards since that's what we're talking about. You know, All right. I did an episode of Star Trek Enterprise where I played the Gorn, which also appeared in the 1960s show as a flashback. And there's a card, which I just <sighs> I discover these things at conventions. People bring that's them awesome. to me like, oh, there's a card. I have never found one or been have have one of my own. I would I would love to find one at some point. But I've signed a few of them. That's very cool. And then and, Gorilla Grodd from Cryptozoic. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he has had cards, but our old friend George Neto, uh, God bless and rest his soul. Uh, he made you a special card, right? He did, and I still have them. I still have them for sale on my website. Let's see, there, there it is. Can you see it? Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, there's there's <laughs> and then um, it was a promo for the first season card deck. And you have five prizes tonight, actually, because. Follow me on follow me on Instagram or any social media, and, and mention the show. And the first one I see. Now let's make it the twentieth one I see. We'll get we'll get this. I'll sign this for them for free. Oh, that's really awesome! Thank you so very much. Oh, sure. What is the Instagram uh, to follow at? It's my last name backwards at Volobos. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Volo. Okay, Which was kind of screen. ill-advised, yeah. kind of ill-advised, because I, 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 of course, started Instagram before I really even knew what social media was, and I didn't know you're supposed to actually have people find you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ivan, you, we had a really quick conversation before we went live, and I, I want you to take us in that direction, Ivan, with that. Well, so like any good co-host i read the notes before the show and i do my homework and i was on david's imdb page because i wanted to see you know what sort of cards he had i'd seen the publicity that said drax and uh grod but i was going through and and i noticed some star wars video game credits which is super fun to a video game nerd and a star wars fan like me um i noticed the star trek credit but i also noticed a credit for fortnite the video game And if you've been on the pulse of the sports card mania that's going on right now, you'll know that in the last couple of months, the Fortnite cards that were released in 2019 by Panini have skyrocketed. One in particular, character called the Black Knight, and his holofoil in a PSA 10 has sold for $30,000. I'm (laughs) scrolling through your IMDb (laughs) credits, and I see this credit that says Black Knight Garadin. Fortnite, and well, I'm like, wait, is wow. that is that who we're talking to? Like, you're actually a, a trading card celebrity now. Well, am I? We have to get the fans to explain this to us. Somebody's got to like. Hopefully, during the show, you can see this live with some comments somewhere. There were two Black Knights. Was he the same one? I don't know. I don't know the game well enough. There was the original free play um, Black Knight, and then I did the one in the version of the game you have to pay for. But you just told me some information. Given the card came out in 2019, that's after I voiced it. So, I don't know. If a fan considers that I am that role, it might be an interesting discussion to have me sign one of those. 
Yeah. Wow. So, so if you're what in the that, chat what right now, the, what would that do to the price? If it were, really was my character, what would it be signing it do to the price of that thing? Well, it really depends on just collector demand and would how many care? are Maybe out there. Maybe nobody would care. Maybe it would lower the price to five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I had this thirty thousand dollar card, then I had this guy sign it. Volos. Uh, I don't know what. You the... ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's it's pretty awesome. Um, and remember, it's a very specific version of it that's thirty thousand dollars. So the base version is not thirty thousand dollars. So I could easily see some people out there that start bringing those to you at conventions or at least posters and things. I think I think you're onto something with that Black Knight. Uh, you know, um, crazy. Well, I won't know the difference. So um, someone's going to have to save me for myself. <laughs> you know, here's a here's a forty dollar autograph you just sold for twenty thousand dollars. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We're already getting a lot of positive stuff in the chat. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys that are comic fans that watch this show, and they're already saying, "I like him." Voice actors are horribly underrated. We're having fun. One guy said, "Holy deep voice." So tell me, when you do <laughs> broad, do you, is it more than what you're doing now, or is it just you? Uh, it's just me. Uh, they put a little echo on it. It's almost whispered. They turn it way up. I go right up to the mic. And it's like, Grot, eat, banana. <laughs> you just do it like it's like a throat massage. It's very, very relaxing. <laughs> oh, I'm a little starstruck because, man, a lot. it honestly is one of my favorite, quote, villains on The Flash, just because it's just such an intense character and the mm -hmm. whole, his mental capabilities are just awesome. But um, also, I saw um, Transformer credit. What specifically? In, is Bumblebee in some capacity uh, yeah, an animated yeah, um, version? I played a character called Blitzwing. He's the guy that rips Bumblebee's throat out. Okay, okay. At the beginning of the movie. I hate you. I'm so sad. <laughs> I know, I'm like the meanest guy in the world. I, it's so funny because like, I don't think I'm a mean, horrible guy, but that's who I play. That's who they want me for. You know, they want Tight. me to destroy the world. It's it's all it's all typecasting, and you know you do it once, and next thing you know you're you're Black Bishop and Lord Corvax and everything, right? Yeah, no, it's crazy. And then so, also there there was Bumblebee. There was also um, Transformers Prime Shockwave. I, I played him, and then way back in time when you were all little kids, I played um, Depth Charge in Beast Wars. Wow, going old school. So yeah, knowing that. That that puts a date on things a little bit. So let's <laughs> I'm a talk. Thousand years old. Yes. You know, let let's talk about how you how you got into the business. I mean, did someone just hear your voice one day and go, "I got the character for you," or was it more proactive on your part? No, I, I had no intention of doing voice acting. Never thought of it. Didn't know it was a thing. And I was doing plays in Vancouver, Canada, and an agent heard me and said, "Come do villains," and it worked. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, good, hey, good the rest is history. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Well, so you said that Grodd was not that big of a stretch for you, you know, a little bit of its post and a little well, bit of there is Well, there is a lot of acting down. involved. You know, but you well, do have to actually have some intensity, but it's mm -hmm. in terms of vocally, mm -hmm. I'm in the ballpark. 
So that that does help. If you're going to play a deep voice character, it's a really good idea to have a deep voice to begin with. <laughs> and a lot of people. Hold on, uh, I got to write these the, notes down. <laughs> it's very true. It's like the, that's the most important thing about voice acting. No, but you, um, if you sometimes people will force their voice down to to try to play a lower character, and it mm-hmm. just doesn't. You, you can tell it's not them. It makes more mm-hmm. sense to have somebody who's already there. So, you know. So so. Who- what are some of the voices you've done that that you have stretched your range on? Well, uh, Lobo is a lot of fun for DC, and he's he's kind of screaming, Main Man! He talks like that all the time. <laughs> so that's a little bit stressful on the voice, but that's okay. I was um, going to say, that does sound like it's a little bit of a strain for any period of time. They did a joke. They One time I was playing... Um, in Sabrina, the animated series many years ago, the spooky jar, uh, genie voice. And one day we always do incidental characters in a cartoon, like they'll, they'll throw you another one. Um, and they said, do Richard Simmons. So I was playing Richard Simmons one day. <laughs> and I, I don't want to try to recreate that now, but yeah, when I had a slightly younger voice, I made it work. <laughs> so then I'm also curious cause uh, you know, voice acting is a little, a little different in the sense of your, your recording. And I've seen some of the projects you've worked on have some, you know, like incredible casts that you've been able to work with, but in that community, are you able to actually form friendships or is it all just done very separate? Uh, some of the shows are done all together and we get together for things. So we know each other. It's a very tight knit community, very supportive. When I was doing Star Trek into darkness, the movie, uh, I was playing a Klingon and, it turns out that just me and Fred Tattashore, another very famous voice actor, um, were the only ones playing Klingons, and there were about 20 of them. So they used us for all the various voices. And we definitely helped each other out. The guy that invented the Klingon language was there. It was a super nerdy fun for me because I love Star Trek. And I finished my part, and I had all my notes, and I just said, here, Fred. You know, and he would have done the same for me just to make sure that we, we both you know, could do a good job and help each other. No huge competition there. That's really cool. As far as voice acting in video games, is it any different than movies and TV? Yeah, all the different genres are different because video games, oftentimes they'll just hand the part to you. You know, they'll, they'll cast you in your part, but you won't see the script. They never, ever, ever send you the script. It's only happened once. I've done, on IMDb, it shows 85 video games. I've actually done maybe 95. And yeah, only that one time when I did a, a Justice League video game years ago, did they hand me the script a week before. So you're doing it cold. You have to have the ability to play these characters in a world-class level performance without any rehearsal. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, a unique skill that you can't teach. You can either do it or you can't. Looking at your video game um, on your website at sobolov.com slash shop, uh, Several with, you know, DC, the Star Wars, Skylanders. Is there any genre or particular franchise of video game that you'd love to be a part of, i.e. Call of Duty or something else? I've, I've been in that. Oh, you have? Okay. I've done, right. I was in the very first Call of Duty. Uh, there's a good story. I was uh, asked to, my the casting director must have really <laughs> trusted me. She called me on Friday. She goes, you got four pages in German on Monday. Good luck. <laughs> I don't speak German. She sent them to me, thankfully. And I hired somebody over the weekend to teach me how to say this stuff. And I did the German part 
and there was a German fellow from Activision sitting next to me. Usually they're in the booth. He was sitting right next to me because they were worried. They wanted to make sure it was accurate for the German audience. But they didn't tell me something that was very important. Um, I sounded like a German with an American accent. <laughs> so all the Germans were la all the Germans were falling off their, their seat watching me <laughs> in this thing because I sounded like an American guy speaking German. I didn't even know what I was saying, really. It was <laughs> just doing it by like I don't know, you guys um might remember Charo. Remember Charo? Oh sure. When she came to America, she was just doing it just she was just mouthing the word. She didn't know what she was saying. And I kinda I knew what I knew what the character was supposed to be saying, but the individual words and phrases, I was just doing it by like what my teacher taught me, I didn't know what I was saying. Oh, that's mm. funny. That so is hopefully, funny. if anyone's seen the original Call of Duty and they hear in the tunnels this um, this creepy German guy trying to like convince everybody that they're gonna like it's it's just basically a broadcast of him, a propaganda. You know, mm -hmm. he's just basically telling the Americans that they're they're bad people. You know, if they understand the German, that's what they used to do back then. You know, they'd have radio broadcasts like during the Second World War and to try to break the the resolve of the troops to try to make them feel bad. So I guess I was one of those guys. I think. I think. I don't know. What I'm <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's very, very cool. cool. Well, you mentioned that you started off on the stage. Do you still do stuff on the stage as well, or are you just no. full time in the voice? No, it's full time in the voice, mm -hmm. and also doing some uh, on camera stuff and some directing now. I'm trying to get into directing, and I, I've created my own cartoon series, which I'm going to sell soon. Going to get out there and pitch it. Very the summer, cool. So some new things. I I noticed you did appear in one episode of the Daredevil TV series um, that I know yeah, a lot of us are fans fun. of on the show. That was fun. Also, a really good, uh, interesting story about how things work, um, especially with Marvel and DC. Very, very stealth. I had a Marvel executive when I was doing Guardians of the Galaxy. They, they said, Marvel's in the excitement business. So they don't want the actors talking about anything they're doing. And sometimes they don't even tell the actors what they're doing. I was in there. I'd never seen it before. It was just handed, handed to me as I walked in. He wouldn't, they wouldn't tell me what part I was playing, who I was playing it with. They would tell me almost nothing about the scene because they were so worried about it getting out, mm. which made it very difficult to act. Sure. But did the best I could. So hopefully so it's decent. I actually have a voice acting specific question on this because I'm a, I'm a dad of four-year-old twin boys. Okay. So they, they play the Lego action hero video games and they watch the Lego action hero um, TV shows. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you've played Drax not only in the cartoons, but also in the Lego Guardians of the Galaxy. Is there a difference doing the same character in the Lego world? Well, this particular Lego script that I, I did a Lego video game, but also that one was a little bit more um, toward adult. But the show I did, it was called The Thanos Threat, I think. Uh, it was a, a Guardians of the Galaxy movie a special that was a Lego mm -hmm. special. And they wrote that for six-year-olds. You know, they wrote it to be to be enjoyed by little kids. So there was a huge difference. I've done Drax in so many different places now. And you can tell, you know, what age group. They, and they'll tell you, too, what age group you're playing to. Like, when you do a, a he's not really a villain, but he's kind of obviously intimidating. When, he, when you do a villain or an intimidating character for children, for young children, you have to play it differently. Because you will easily scare them. Oh, yeah. Like the if you go to the beginning of uh, Bumblebee and, and hear my part there, the first line that I say, did you think you could hide? Now, I say, did you think you could hide? 
Now that's gonna if you do that in the face of a little kid, he's gonna jump back and start crying. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I almost did. <laughs> you scared me. I was like, ah. The stuff that flies out of my mouth, I don't even know. Yeah. But you want that in a in a Bumblebee PG thirteen, you know, race action movie. Well, yeah, it's the it's the volume too, because you know, you've got a big huge screen you mm-hmm. have to fill. And intensity. And yeah, little kids run out of movies. Like he's, I remember there was a Lord of the Rings scene, Bilbo Baggins, like is that him? I don't know. Some one, one of the characters is. I'm sorry, nerds. I don't. I don't know that character very well. But the eyes bug out, and the eyes bug out, and little kids were running, screaming out of the theater. Oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm careful, especially at conventions. You know what I do for people, so I don't you know, freak them out. Well, let's talk a little bit about your website. And so if collectors are interested in acquiring um, your signature, where do we point them? And also, if they have things that they'd like signed, is there a way to facilitate that? Can we talk about that? Sure. Um, um, my website is my last name, forward, <laughs> sobolov.com. Slash shop is where I, I sell autographs of photos, but I also have the grad card there. Um, as long as it lasts, I've got a few left that, that George made for me. He was a wonderful guy. Yeah, he great, was great. And, human. Yeah. Great guy. And that was, it was just an idea to promote. We were going to go, I, I was, I did go to a lot of conventions and I gave the card away, but not signed. And I have signed a few. There's maybe like 30 out there. They're signed, something like that. So yeah, that's available there. And, uh, if people want to send me stuff. Uh, there's a section of the website, and I think it's I think it's called Fan Portal, where there's an address to send stuff. You can't oh, really do that on the on the shop. I haven't set it up yet. Oh yeah, I see. Okay, perfect. Easy enough. Yeah. So one last thing: it is a collectible show, and we see that you are in an absolutely awesome uh, cave. I love that nerd power sign <laughs> right there behind you. What's the coolest thing? The coolest collectible that you have? Huh. Well, my main. I collect antique product packaging. Cool. And any old product, you know, oh, like wow. Tide from 1952 and gum from 1920 and just all sorts of stuff. I should have grabbed it. Let's see. Something around here that's extra cool. Hmm. That's old. That that's NBC microphone? Is that an NBC microphone <laughs> yeah, that's behind you? Cool. That's pretty cool. That's probably my coolest thing. That's from 1939 to 19... Well, the, the, the flag here is probably from 1947. Or that era, just sort of between television and between radio and television. But oh, the I like that. 1939. That, that's probably the coolest thing. See, awesome. I've, got, I've got the eye. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, David, thank you so much. Everybody, go follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Hit up his website at Sobolov.com slash fans. And again, mm-hmm. remember his giveaway on Instagram for one if of those. Yep, if you're the 20th, if you're the 20th person, I will send you a note. You get your address to send it to you. That's awesome. Much appreciative. This was an absolute blast. When you're getting a little bit closer to releasing um, your animated uh, series, your cartoon you were talking about, why don't we come back on and promote that a little bit? That'd be great. Awesome. You you. have a great evening. Thanks for joining us. You too. Thanks, guys. Take care. You too. Bye now. The Many Voices of David Soboloff. Uh, For more information, you can read an article interview with um, Kelsey Schroyer on GoGTS.net with Hobby Musings that he did. Thank you to Kelsey for uh, 
turning us on to David and hooking him up to get us on the show. What did you think of that, Ivan? Was that so much fun or what? That was absolutely awesome. Um, of course, you know, I've, I was... Uh, I came out to LA originally to do acting and, and I've been able to be around a couple of people in that realm. So to be able to pick David's brain about his process, um, carrying the different characters and then also just seeing the fan reaction. Um, you know, Chris Denning is like, he keeps voicing new characters that I'm huge fans of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how many of us, I like, I love the animated shows. They, there's so many great animated shows. Absolutely. That, really do appeal to an adult demographic, um, you know, without being like crazy violent, but just good storytelling happens in that, that realm. Um, that's really, really cool. So, um, and then that nugget about the black Knight, you know, literally the $30,000 Panini Fortnite card, which the other thing about that, that's so funny is Rob. Uh, yeah. I mean, you remember when those came out, right? Oh, yeah, they weren't they moving. Were. They sat Not on the site. You they were a hobby joke. Yeah. And now they're, they're going crazy. Um, I haven't looked up boxes lately, but some of my friends that spend the most money on cards are out buying boxes of Fortnite uh, Series 1. Yeah, it's 140 bucks a box now. Oh, 135 yeah. is the cheapest shipped. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what are, those were like 60 50, 45, something like that. I'm pretty sure they were like 45 on the website for a long time. Yeah. Interesting. See, there's so much to pay attention to in this hobby. I know there were some of you out there going, all right, how is this all going to mesh together? But you know us well enough to know that we'll all bring it back to the hobby for you. Um, all right, let's... Uh, well, we got a lot going on in hobby happening. So some news notes and nuggets, shall we? All right. Kicking things off with a look at this week's hobby happenings. Well, you might remember that on last week's show, we discussed what appears to be some rapidly developing software technology with regards to grading cards. Ivan mentioned a new company called Genement, in addition to the others we discussed. Well, they recently posted a short demo video of how their online interface will work. Check it out.
this next article may just blow you away. It did for me. Uh, recently, TechCrunch reported that a new sports trading card platform, Alt, A-L-T, has officially launched after receiving $31 million in funding. The article states, quote, the alternative asset market showed promise pre-pandemic, but amid a broader rally among traditional asset classes, the number of investors searching for and promoting value in the space has exploded. That has, in turn, promoted a pretty major influx of venture capital dollars into startups building platforms that wrangle these buyers into specific communities. Enter Alt. The young startup has received more than $31 million from top investors intrigued by the particularly hot space and has bulked up its expertise in physical sports trading cards. The company provides a goat-like marketplace for cards, authenticating the transactions and providing buyers with the peace of mind that the slice of cardboard they're dropping several thousands of dollars on is no fake. While entities like NBA Top Shot have rallied a new generation of buyers around blockchain-era digital trading cards, its success has been enabled by the excitement that traditional collectibles markets have been garnering recently." End quote. Be sure to check out the full article at TechCrunch.com for more details. Yeah, we could have gone way, way deep in there. So uh, if you guys want to read a great article, be sure to check that out. Well, you can add Patrick Mahomes to the list that I am sure is going to explode of athletes issuing their own NFTs. In an interview with CNBC this week, Mahomes announced the Museum of Mahomes, which will launch on actually it launched today, March 7th, or yesterday, March 17th, on the digital art market Maker's Place. The price range for the collectible starts from $2,500 going up to $15,000. In addition, there will be a mystery auction piece with no set price. Mahomes said, it will, uh, said he will donate part of the proceeds to his foundation called 15 and the Mahomies, as well as the Boys and Girls Clubs in Missouri. The limited edition collectibles feature two separate art pieces, a jewel-encrusted helmet and a jewel-encrusted football. 50 of each will be minted with a price of $15,000. The open edition collectibles feature uh, three digital pieces of art that memorialize significant moments in Mahomes' life and career. The bronze art piece is twenty five hundred. The silver art piece is five thousand, and the gold art piece is seventy five hundred. Five signed helmets and five signed jerseys will also be given away to ten randomly selected winners who participate in the sale. Mahomes said he's fascinated by digital goods and quote how blockchain auctions are growing. So when the opportunity to get into digital memorabilia came my way. I jumped, close quote. As the hobby continues to grow and gain in popularity, particularly in the Asia-Pacific region, companies continue to look for opportunities to expand their brands. This week, Topps issued a press release announcing the opening of their first office located in Asia, saying... With its presence in Tokyo, Tops will increase its support to local customers and collectors in Japan and across the Asia region. 
David Leaner, Topps VP and Global General Manager of Sports and Entertainment, said, quote, with 80 years of card creating history under our belt, we're thrilled to continue growing our brand with this exciting expansion into Japan. Our longstanding mission is to celebrate memorable moments and iconic superstars in sports, entertainment, and pop culture while giving fans a chance to get closer to their favorite teams, shows, and players. We're excited to bring even more trading card magic to Japan and Asia with a new office we can call home. Every time I see David Liner, I can't believe how young he is. Um, Last week, we told you about collector and Catholic priest father Ubel, who last weekend sold 50 of his best sports cards to raise money for education. The total came to over $100,000. So very cool, Father. He talked to a Minneapolis Fox News affiliate about the journey. Watch this. Even men of faith can be tested on a Sunday. I'm trying to stay focused on my day job, and that's been hard. <laughs> hard. Because Father John Ubel is auctioning off pieces of his childhood. You can name the year and the player, and I could tell you what the image is on the front. And that's what's so amazing about it. They're just seared into your memory. Father Eubel and his two brothers loved collecting baseball cards as kids growing up in St. Paul. And after nearly throwing them away a few times... I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> he began to realize the value in names like Mantle, Ryan, and Carew. So in 2009, he added Hank Aaron and Jackie Robinson rookie cards to his collection for about $400 and $550, respectively. Going over 500 made me very, very nervous as a priest to be spending that kind of money on a baseball card, but I am sure glad I did. You see, Father Eubel revisited his collection following the death of Hank Aaron in January. And I decided to look up the Hank Aaron card. I couldn't believe how much it was worth. I had not been paying attention at all to the explosion in the vintage card market since 2019, 2020. The card he'd paid $400 for was now selling for 6,000. And that's when I began to have the thought, it's time to do something with these that can benefit others. He decided to contact the Aim Higher Foundation, which helps low-income children with scholarships to local Catholic schools. <laughs> Honestly, I laughed. I'm like, what are we going to do? Okay. Director Gene Houghton wasn't sure how much interest baseball card sales would generate. But then an auction house stunned them both, appraising his Jackie Robinson card alone at $20,000. I thought the whole auction might bring in $25,000. When we looked at the value of the cards, um, I was pretty stunned. I looked at it as this is a a lot more kids were going to be able to help. This is incredible. And it gets better. News of the auction inspired others to donate their cards and memorabilia. And a certain brother even helped Father Eubel produce his own rookie card, which quickly fetched a $1,000 bid. That's great. Uh, I'm sure my mother is probably the one who's bidding on it. <laughs> Tonight, he watched his Robinson rookie top $30,000. And as those pieces of his childhood garnered thousands more, he said goodbye and gave thanks. It just never felt so good to give something away. I can't even I can't even tell you how happy this is made. Get this. The Aim Higher Foundation auction just closed in the last couple of minutes, literally minutes ago. Father Ubel's Jackie Robinson card sold for an even $35,000. His Hank Aaron card topped $8,600. Add in the rest of his cards and they easily topped 100 Grand. More jobs popping up in the hobby. Heritage Auctions, which has locations all across the country, is currently hiring. They're looking for several individuals that, as they put in a recent tweet, know the hobby. 
So if you feel like you know the hobby and are looking for a job and want to marry your passions with a career, reach out to them via Twitter direct message at heritage underscore sports. Yeah, do that. Well, this week, Tops received a bit of blowback from their preview of a new on-demand GPK parodying the Grammys that were called the Shammies. Most of the cards are typical GPK humor, like this one of Harry Styles as Harry Boa. But it was this card of Japanese boy band I'd never heard of, BST, that got some people upset, apparently. Well, first, the timing couldn't be worse with Tops just announcing the opening of an office in Japan, coupled with the fact that it is in the midst of the rising stop Asian hate movement. And then not to mention the fact of depicting violently beating children. Um, so thus the statement and decision by tops not to produce the card. It seems like every handful of years, there's one GPK card that raises people's dander a little bit. Yeah. A uh, quick correction on that. It's BTS and they are a Korean boy band. So we just want to be fully respectful of them. Oh, on the absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but good step by tops to, to reverse that decision to make that card. I think we all can agree on that. So um, so we do have some of the latest news on the 2021 National Sports Collectors Convention in Chicago. Check out the interview with one of the show's directors, Ray Schulte, with the crew over at Bench Clear Media. Also of note, with the growing popularity of NBA Top Shot and digital NFTs in general, as has been a recurring theme in the hobby in recent weeks, Business Insider Magazine asked collectible app CEO Ezra Levine on his thoughts regarding this latest collectible craze. We'd love to know what he said, but well, the article is behind a paywall. So let us know what it says, or maybe <laughs> uh, if they offer a seven-day free trial, hit me up on DMs to remind me. So very cool to see that, though, with Ezra Levine. We have some legal news to discuss, thanks to our hobby insider, attorney Paul Lesko. It appears that Upper Deck has some new things uh, going on in the near future. As Lesko reports, the company's filing for uh, trademark for Unbound, covering digital and regular trading cards, as well as my MVP Upper Deck for trading cards, as well as contests and sweepstakes. So we'll have to see and wait, or we'll have to wait and see rather what that's all about. Also, you might remember that a while back, we told you about Leaf trading cards for getting to renew their trademark to Leaf, which resulted in some legal issues for the company. However, Lesko is reporting that the main opposition to the trademark appears willing to settle, so hopefully everything should work out for Leaf trading cards. We know sometimes you see something and you think, what about me? Well, Panini wants to remind you that they do know not everyone has access to a store to participate in their popular NBA Player of the Day LCS promotion. So that should be all the more reason to be sure to follow them on Twitter, where they're offering chances to remotely win sweet Panini NBA Player of the Day promo packs. See, everybody has a shot. That's awesome. 
And speaking of P.O.D. from Panini, last Friday, March 12th, 16-year-old collector Tyler Zawaki ventured into Champs Sports Cards in Huntsville, Alabama to pick up some cards. Well, what Zawaki didn't know, of course, was that his father, Panini America, and Champs were all in cahoots. They conspired to get Tyler into the store to break some very big news. It was Zawaki who was selected from more than 100,000 collectors nationwide as the 2020 Panini NFL Player of the Day National Sweepstakes Grand Prize winner. After shop owner Brooks Bryant surprised Zawicki with the news, he awarded Tyler with a swag bag full of Panini branded apparel, a few autograph cards, and boxes of Panini NFL trading cards, including plates and patches, illusions, mosaic, absolute, and contenders. Watch this. One reason we are here is to present Tyler, who's the winner of uh, one of the prizes of the Panini Player of the Day. You get a free box of Phoenix box and some socks. But the best thing is you get all this as well. Oh my goodness. So you get a hobby box of prism, a hobby box of mosaic. Oh my goodness. They're all hobby boxes. They threw in a basketball box for you, a box of contenders, a box of plates and patches, a box of absolute, and a box of illusions. So everybody give it up for Tyler. It's interesting because, you know, Reminds me a lot of myself. I mean, you know, uh, he, he's big, big into sports, uh, plays sports. But he's uh, been coming in quite a bit lately, and his dad comes in with him, and and uh, they got into my breaks too. But they, they, you know, they really enjoy collecting. Just unexpected. I wasn't really expecting it, and uh, feels good. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of boxes that I'll get to open and. Have some fun with for sure. I, I just enjoy sports in general, so all sports I've been collecting for a little while now. He's really enjoyed uh, the, the relationship that he's built with the with Champ Sports Cards here. I'm happy he won. He's a great kid, and you know it's it's a fabulous thing for any collector. And I think it's just gonna make him even more into cards. <laughs> And that's a wrap on this week's Hobby Happenings. All right. So uh, Tracy Hackler apologized to me for not getting product out this week. And we're also behind a couple that were late released last week. So he said he's going to hook us up next week, which means we're going to have a Panini Palooza. So that's very cool. But we do have uh, a handful of things to give away tonight, as we previously mentioned. Wanted to review that with everybody. Last week, unclaimed from Plates and Patches was this jumbo patch card of Chase Young, numbered to just 25, we'll be giving wow. away tonight. We That die cut of Giannis from Revolution went unclaimed. So we're going to give... Yeah, I, I thought the two biggest hits I thought last week went unclaimed. Um, one lucky winner is going to get a Goji TS Live breaker mat and T-shirt. Uh, if you win the T-shirt, let us know your size. I'll try to get as 
close to what I have in stock here as possible. And last but not least, we took a look with a box break last week. I want someone to have as much fun as we did with Marvel Ages, so we're going to give away this sealed box. Okay? Nice. Nice. So just a reminder, to enter to win, go to twitter.com slash Live and retweet the live broadcast of the show on Periscope, where I see a bunch of you are already watching inside of there, so it's really easy. Um, but if you're not uh, watching inside of there, just uh, head over there right now and retweet that, because we've still got some good news coming up. Also, Rob, there was some news there. I, uh, there's some things in there. There's, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in there. First off, this new platform, whoa, 31 million that's a lot of money. That's a huge amount of money invested in the hobby. Um, and I looked, I looked at the platform a little bit. Did you have a chance to check it out? Yes, I did. What are your thoughts? It's slick. It's slick. It's, I agree. It's slick. To me, it looks like they took parts of the PWCC vault yep. idea and StockX. StockX. Yeah, it's like a hybrid of things that the best of the best. That's why they called it the goat marketplace in that in that article, I think, is because they really did capitalize on some of the key components from different mm -hmm. things and merge them into one place. Yeah. But if you remember, Lior, Lior Avadar, the founder, he's the one who bought the $1.8 million LeBron exquisite number to 23 last July that made that's headlines. Right. Yeah, that's right. So we did talk about Alt before when they were first starting the, the funding. I knew we'd heard that name before. Yeah, but I, I don't think there was details on what they were trying to do yeah, at all. Exactly. So pretty cool to see. Um, also, the Mahomes NFT, there's a little clarity point on there I want to I want to mention because I thought it was really interesting. So we mentioned the open editions. What that means when those drop, there's literally a 15-minute window for the open editions. And they're basically print to order like a Tops Now or a Panini Instant, but only in that 15-minute window. And the cheapest one is 2500 so there's a possibility that those could actually be more rare, have less editions purchased than the number to 50 ones. Interesting. So that's, that's kind of interesting from that article. Um, anything else really pop out at you from Hobby Happenings this week? What really popped out to me is the recurring theme of NFTs, um, different marketplaces, money entering the hobby, capital investment. Um, these are all indicators to me that, that we will never see that junk era bubble pop again. It's just too different a hobby. People have been, you know, saying, be careful as everything's going up, how high can it go? But when it's paired with this level of investment from some really smart people, um, I think it tempers things a little bit. And so when I see well, as much money getting put into the hobby uh, from a, a, a tech standpoint, I, I'm looking at long-term visionary entrepreneurs who see a, a vision down the road and are in it for the long haul. This isn't, you know, just make money and get out. This is like a legit like market now. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Uh, there's a, an example I've 
been quoting for a few years. I've shared this sometimes on stage at the National when we've been there. Um, I know an art appraiser in that world who knows certain families that with certain artists, they have enough money to make sure that the it never goes below a certain amount. An Andy Warhol will never sell for less than $10,000 because they have enough money to make sure that that is always the case and they have enough stock of Andy Warhol paintings in their estate, in their storage, in their art galleries that you know it would be damaging to their overall um, finances. Sure. If that market went down for some reason, you know, an off reason, it happens on a day there's a hurricane in Miami and no one shows up to the auction, you know, like whatever. Right. So I can see when, when we talk about names, you know, a couple of weeks ago when Loop was on and we hear about investors like uh, Greg Bettinelli and Mark Suster, you know, the founders of, of Salesforce. And when I'm on a clubhouse and I hear Mark Andreessen, the creator of Netscape, you know, and a huge VC guy in there talking about cards it does make you think. Now, obviously, any asset can depreciate in value, but it gives me a lot of confidence, at least in the long-term or at least longer-term idea of what the hobby is and what it can become, you know, or what exactly. even cards from a few years ago, you know, obviously we expect print runs to go up the more their demand keeps on going, but you know, that means that we look back at 2013 and we say, wow, those are kind of scarce. Even 2017, wow, those those were kind of low print runs, you know, for surviving in a newer environment, right? Exactly. Well, even to your point about production runs, you know, let's look at what Panini has done to answer that demand to some degree. They know that they can't just make X more of a product without watering down the product and then screwing with the whole value equation. But you're seeing these other skews, the fast break, the choice, things like the H2, the huddle, all these additional skews that are meeting that demand. But if you look, they all have their own exclusive content within those which brings appeal to them and demand as a as a skew anyway so um while there might be more based on this idea of production run it still just so pales in comparison to the days of the junk wax era that we're well, never there, gonna have to worry about that there also is and there isn't in the sense of um, I know you visited one of the printers that's responsible for for creating cards and packaging cards. The big um, one, Graphic Converting Ink. There's still only so much space there. And from what I've heard talking to other manufacturers, um, also some other printers, there's basically four companies that can handle the load of a card uh, uh, product line and meet the quality control expectations. And I was also willing to do it because um, I actually have a friend independent as like a mid-level printing company. And he's told me specifically, he's like, as much as we hate when we pull an offset card, he says, you don't understand the QC level that they have to strive for is so high. I wouldn't take that contract. <laughs> right. With his exactly. It's actually exactly. so much higher than we realize for, for where machines are at in that mass. So that's a long, long story to say. Um, conspiracy theory. I believe F1 Chrome got pushed because they want to do a Sapphire version 
and simply don't have anywhere in the schedule to print it in time. Right. Like that's my conspiracy theory, but like, think about that. If they want to add in something near product release, they got to put other products on hold. They got to tell them to stop. The printers are running 24 seven right now. How much more can they produce at least in the current environment without a new printer coming along? Exactly. I mean, and I think we, we will eventually see that there is going to be somebody who's going to address. I mean, that's what entrepreneurship is. Find a void and fill it, find a niche and fill it. Mm -hmm. And that certainly is one of them. I mean, with the, um, the energy crisis and the weather in Texas that resulted in 162 lost hours of production. I mean, that, that's huge to a company like Panini. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, why don't we update the poll question? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd I got it right go? here. There it is. I see. Thank you so much. That number jumped up even more. 238 voters. Um, still about 246. Excuse me. I was just in the middle of my refresh. About an hour left. Cracker Jack increasing its lead at 41.5%. Pristine in second place, diving under 30 at 29.7. Laser picking up at 18.7. All of you people not voting laser, I highly encourage you to go back and look at it. It might change your mind. Get it in hand. You'll love it. I'll tell you, one of the most fun things to do Beckett Marketplace is like Com C, except that things ship quickly. <laughs> Go on Beckett Marketplace and grab some commons or team cards. They don't have to be superstars of some of these old products and just get get five of them in hand. Very fun little exercise. You can do it for 10 bucks on Beckett Marketplace. Um, yeah, fun good idea. Something like that, especially the tops laser. They won't disappoint. Grab some Fleer Metal Universe while you're there, um, you know, basketball and football for fun. But just go out and have some fun with cards. It's not all about the big hits. No, I think, you know, to, to circle back on, on what we were talking about, there are so many aspects to this monstrosity we call the hobby anymore. And that was the case, you know, several years ago when all of this stuff wasn't a part of the hobby. But now that it is, you're seeing the direction it can grow in and the hobby can be something different for everybody. You want to build vintage 80 sets by the pack? Go for it. You want to focus on one guy and PC the heck out of him? Do it. You want to dive into the NFT world? Do it. You know, it's just, there's something for everybody in this great thing that we call the hobby. Gum stain sets. <laughs> there you go. Um, so uh, Russ Cohen, who uh, works for us and is a NHL analyst for Sirius XM, uh, his latest episode of Off the Post features Alex Ovechkin, wow, who recently this week scored his 718th goal to pass Phil Esposito for sixth on the NHL's all-time list. And with that goal, he became only the second active NHL player with 1,300 points. The Capitals got the 3-1 win over the Islanders, and Ovechkin's teammate, Nicholas Backstrom, talked about playing with the great eight. Check this out, and we'll be right back. For Alex, just hitting 718 goals and also 1,300 career points. Just what did both those milestones mean to you? Um, obviously, it's uh, 
history. It's uh, pretty good numbers, and uh, you know, happy to be in that category. But uh, you know, uh, just move forward. You know, it's it's done. It's uh, outside its history, and you know, uh, uh, it was very good uh, match. Uh, you know, big points, and uh, obviously, uh, big numbers. We're to Tom Galetti with NHL.com. Alex, I don't know how many chances you've had to get off a clean one-timer in the power play this year. How, how good did that feel to let that one go and get it to go in? Uh, yeah, it's always, uh, it doesn't matter which uh, one-timer, reshot, redirect, it's a uh, goal, it's a goal. So uh, it's always nice, uh, nice feeling to get it. And uh, obviously, you know, um, I said right away, uh, when we have a break, uh, great job by uh, Nick and Schultze, you know, uh, move puck uh, fast and uh, you know for me just have to uh, hit the net you know finally we're to Stephen Weiner with the AP hey guys I know neither one of you guys likes talking about yourself so Nick would you be able to kind of talk about what what it's been like to see Alex score like this and Alex what it's like to see Nick this season score as much as he has yeah I mean I think I mean my my answer is pretty simple I mean we've seen we've seen him do it year after year it's just so impressive and uh, I mean I think I think the way he shoots the puck the way he scores the way he plays the game is just it's just fun to see so uh, I mean as a teammate you're just enjoying every moment <laughs> yeah it's same with, uh, with me I know um, we start together I think uh, uh, to build this uh, relationship and uh, build this chemistry and uh uh, I think we enjoy play together. I think we all understand, you know, uh, how we have to play. And uh, if we have a join, I think it's uh, we'll have fun. And it's uh, um, it's hard to stop, especially when uh, Nikki uh, have the puck and uh, he's uh, uh, flying out there. And uh, you know, it's uh, uh, it's fun to watch. I just have to be open all the time and I'll try to uh, put a puck in. So, um, how I said, uh, it's fun to play with him, and uh, you know, uh, um, you know, he's uh, very cool. I hope, uh, hope you guys like those little um, segments as much as we do, because we really value access to to Russ Cohen and the people that he has access to. All right. Um, later in the program, we'd love to answer one of your questions. Um, so especially if you're new or returning to the hobby, uh, feel free to ask us a question on Twitter with the hashtag GoGTSLiveQA. GoGTSLiveQA. We'll refresh that and uh, possibly answer a question later in the program. But now, uh, after a really light release week, um, just one product, I think, live this week in Inception Baseball, uh, getting back on track with a more regular schedule of Hot in the Shop, look ahead at next week's new product releases. And one got pushed back. Uh, this one from this week to next, 2021 Tops Opening Day Baseball. 36 insert cards in every box, uh, featuring the best players in the game. This is a fun 
affordable product that includes things like opening day inserts, legends of baseball insert designs, mascots, stickers, short prints like Walk This Way, opening day origins, dugout peaks, base card variations. And there are some surprises you know, long odds at autograph and autograph relic cards, but new this year, you might be lucky enough to find one of the turf war dual diamond relic cards, which features dirt from the depicted players ballpark like that one right there, Christian Yelich. Other relic cards include uh, opening day relics, mascot relics, diamond relics, major league mementos relics, and mascot patch relic cards as well. And then there's um, up to 30 different players included on the checklist for autographs, randomly inserted, opening day autos, but also mascot autographs and ballpark profile autographs. We'll have to see what those are all about. Look for one insert card in every pack. That's why there's 36 of them. And there's certainly some fun ones. Also look for autographed diamond relic dirt cards, mascot autograph relic cards, and much more in this fun for everyone baseball release opening day. And if opening day is too light for your baseball tastes, we have everyone's favorite vintage stock flagship-esque release in 2020 Topps Heritage Baseball Cards. You'll remember last year celebrated 1971, so this year celebrates the psychedelic look of 1972 Topps. Each box is going to have one autograph or relic card, um, including real one autograph cards of some of the biggest stars of the 70s, such as Johnny Bench, on-card autograph there. There's, There's Clubhouse Collection autographed relic cards that can be obtained in Heritage. There's going to be current stars and legendary players, sometimes on the same card. Look at that. Nolan Ryan and Shoei Otani, dual relic, dual autograph. And some game-used memorabilia on some quad relic cards. Love the look of that. There's a 500-card base set. And remember, the high-number SPs are numbers 401 through 500. Pretty exciting. Lots of parallels, variations, other surprises. We're used to all those little tricky ones like base card black parallels, uh, you know, action parallels, uh, flip stock, which are limited to only five. There's the chrome variations, including superfractor parallels of the chrome variations. And each box is going to have a box topper, either an oversized 1972 card, an autographed uh, box topper, um, or uh, the, sorry, 50 select base cards are going to receive oversized versions or a 1972 tops buyback card as well. So that's going to be very fun. Also remember there are hot refractor boxes which are hobby and value box only. So you can get hot boxes of this uh, 2021 Tops Heritage baseball cards. Real awesome. Cards. And then if that's not quite your speed, you're looking for something a bit more premium. That's okay. Leaf's got you covered with 2021 Leaf Lumber Kings baseball cards, which is going to deliver four premium game use back cards in every box. Lumber Kings is a unique product that focuses on the players, the players' primary tool of the trade, the long-revered and celebrated baseball bat. Lots of themed inserts, 
game-used lumber, single-bat cards from players like Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Duke Snyder, 3000 Hit Club, a single-player triple-bat card, players like Pete Rose, George Brett, Derek Jeter, and more, Monster Mashed, Fall Classic, that's a six-player bat card of some of the most glorious World Series. Like, how about Bench, Perez, Rose, Rustremski, Lynn, and Fisk from 1975? Or Carter, Hernandez, Strawberry, Clemens, Boggs, Rice from 1986. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Then bats commemorating the Midsummer Classic, eight-player bat cards. I can't see the video just so you know, James, so I don't know when to shut up. And this is a long list of bat cards. <laughs> um, bat well, now- that's what GoGTS.net is for, so you can check out that incredible long list of And I love names. those ones they just showed. Yes, thanks. I love that one they just showed of the die cut of the bat and the swatch behind it. I think those cards are really cool looking. What a great way to make a bat swatch look like a bat. But other fun stuff like Mount uh, Crushmore and then loaded nameplates. If you took a, were able to see any of the previews that Leaf uh, Brian Gray did on Twitter, holy cow, tons of sweet nameplate bat cards you know like this one uh willie mays and willie mccovey uh of course lots more of course uh knobs knobs are good we like bat knobs one-on-ones and much more this product is i mean with four premium bat cards and a case has 10 boxes so yeah this might be one to get in on uh, at your local breaker for sure in stores next week lumber kings we've got some basketball this week 2020-21 panini absolute memorabilia nba basketball cards so not just absolute absolute memorabilia which means each box is going to have 10 total cards including two autographs and two memorabilia cards in every box. There's going to be a stellar lineup of autograph content in veteran autographs and retired autographs, as well as autographs from the top players of the game. Uh, There's going to be tools of the trade signatures in three different ways, each card showcasing an autograph in either three, four, or six swatches of memorabilia. Um, Check out those, uh, what is that, the glass... um, uh, oh, yeah. The hobby exclusive glass looks like acetate cards. Absolutely beautiful. There are logo men cards in this. They are hobby exclusive. So it's exciting to see a skew like this get some uh, some retail variation. But the hobby exclusives are going to be fun to chase. Um, I love the can you just click on the, the swatches there again? Just one more look at all three of those. The swatch autographs. I mean, even the three swatch autograph looks great. I'm really curious because, look, every single one says swatch. Are we going to see that many swatches? Are we? Is this not a product with, uh, with dime cloth uh, patches, uh, dime cloth pieces? Could be really cool. So check it out this week in hobby shops in your local card shop. And also from Panini next week, an NFL a product encased which is going to deliver one BGS graded autograph card, an additional autograph, 
two memorabilia cards and a base card in every box. Encased football is loaded, as you could tell, with all of the best rookies and legends the NFL has to offer. Look for rookie endorsements on card autos of the best young talent. How about subscribe signatures diamond parallels? Those are also on card, as well as notable rookie notable signatures, more on card content, Hall of Fame signatures, including parallel versions like this gold one, also with on card autographs. I'm seeing a theme here. And then rookie cap patch autograph showcases top NFL rookies, on card autos, and unique memorabilia. Uh, in addition, memorabilia cards two per box substantial rookie swatches being one and then rookie quad memorabilia this is a diamond parallel version and then also substantial swatches much like our full coverage of chase young last week kind of similar there and then a base set 100 card base set with sp parallels and rare base autographs as well this will be in stores and online at your favorite retailer and breaker next week. Rob, it's coming at the tail end of Hot in the Shop, but this might be one of the hottest items in the shop this next week. Very excited for 2020-21 Upper Deck Series 2 NHL hockey cards. I mean, we don't talk about it enough, but hockey has never been hotter and Upper Deck Series 2 coming on the heels of Series 1, which had one standout superstar hotshot rookie. Well, guess what? The rookie that currently has the most points among rookies, Kirill Kaprizov, is in Upper Deck Series 2. There's also what rumored to be a much broader, uh, bigger Young Guns class to chase of uh, potential stars. So it's not just one guy. There's multiple good young stars in this. For sure. Each Box is going to deliver six Young Guns cards, plus five regular Opeachy update cards, four of the Upper Deck canvas cards, four Upper Deck portraits rookie cards, and two Opeachy retro update cards, as well as one blue-bordered Opeachy. Look for new Dazzler's pink cards. There's a 250-card base set to sort of build your entire Upper Deck 2020-2021 set. Um and the exciting thing is, remember, Hobby has some of the exclusive long, Young Guns parallels, uh, one of which is called Exclusives, numbered to 100. But there's also High Gloss, numbered to 10. There's an all-new French parallel set to chase. There's clear-cut PETG parallels of the entire base set. The clear-cut parallel is also a Hobby exclusive um, so you're definitely going to want to check out hobby boxes of this product in order to get the best chase for your buck. There's also a little rare day with the cup card, uh, subset featuring members of the 2019 20 Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning and rookie materials cards, uh, as well as the box filler insert set with some of the top enforcers of the game. People always like enforcers, right? And some RPS rookie flashback materials uh, inserts. So lots to chase in this, as well as the fluorescent insert set uh, with four color variations, including the new rookie class, Upper Deck Hockey Series 2. Exciting. 
Very cool. And that's a look at what's going to be hot in the shop. A look ahead to next week's new product releases. All right. A couple things left to do here. You know, the guys at BenchClear Media, I absolutely love the network that they've got going on over there. And they did a cute little parody video that's about 16 minutes in length. So I pulled a little four-minute clip out of it that that just I really enjoyed. I thought you guys might as well. Uh, So while you're watching this, Ivan will pull some winners and we'll come back and answer your GoGTS Live QA question and wrap this puppy up. So watch this video and we'll be right back. The state of the hobby. That's a good question. This is my best friend right here. So this is where it all happens right here, you know? Can you see that? Hello, we are live. That's right. How's it going, everybody? Hey, real quick, before we do anything else, uh, like and subscribe, share, do all that. Um, All right, like and subscribe. We got some crazy stuff coming today. Check this out. I got a big grab bag special mail call. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the big thing is I'm doing a YouTube channel. So I'm doing my own and I'm gonna do all kinds of break in and it's gonna be exciting. And I mean, I'm not kidding, but it's a, I emailed YouTube two days ago and told them I was gonna do this channel. It's just out of a respect, like, hey guys, basically said you're gonna need a couple more servers i'm gonna open this bad boy up let's see what's inside cue the music i'll add that later okay here we go everybody we're back and here we are with the big reveal okay so here we go this is the moment we've all been waiting for cue the music here we go let's see what's inside these scissors Oh, shoot. Wait. Oh. Ah, shoot. You know what? I think... Yeah, I may have... I may have almost cut the tip of that. Being a YouTube breaker is not for the faint of heart. Um, When y'all go to sleep, everybody watching and you... You guys. When y'all are asleep, I'm awake. I'm YouTubing. I'm editing. I'm... My brain, the gears are turning like crazy. And then when y'all are awake, I'm asleep. So it's complicated. It is an art. You're not gonna find YouTube breaking in a textbook or it's not gonna be a college class. It's abstract. I first got into collecting collecting back then. It was in the early 80s. I mean, I I don't know uh, if I found the cards or if the cards found me. (laughs) Um, But literally, I mean, I found the cards. And so I started collecting. And in fact, there's a little bit of of an incident. 
kind of a traumatic thing, but I've got, so I have this, this is one of my favorites right here. This is a Michael Jordan rookie. If you look, I had a little run in with my neighbor, uh, this kid uh, who lived next door to me, who's just a, he's a rotten kid. I mean, you could ask anybody. Um, and so he got mad at me, feelings were hurt, things happened. At the end of the day, I'll skip ahead, he ended up burning, um, trying to burn this car and I got it out of the fire just in time. Fortunately, you can't even really notice it. Just to close up that story, um, we went back and forth um, and I, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> you know, boys will be boys um, and I ended up burning down his house. Uh, but the good news is, and knock on wood um, to this point, they ended up thinking his dad did it because his dad, had, there was some whole issue with his dad and insurance stuff from where he used to work. And so anyway, so happy ending. Yeah, so seeing all those <laughs> vintage cards jabbed with holes in that corkboard behind him, and he actually shows that off later. Uh, definitely go to the YouTube channel for Bench Clear Media and check out the full episode of The Poll. It's definitely worth watching. All right. Uh, Monks Apogee. Go GTS Live QA question. Any thoughts on Inception 2021 price on Ooh. Tops website being double the price of last year's Inception? Oh, you know, yeah. What are my thoughts? My thoughts are that it, number one, it's always going to be more expensive on their website. Two, the product was underpriced last year. Three, it's called capitalism. And four, uh, if they can get it, why not? Uh, Ivan, your thoughts? My thoughts were I posted a link to an auction today on eBay that ended at $185. So Tops did not price it at the actual market price. See? Now, what are my thoughts on Inception being $185 a box? <laughs> That's a different story. But I find it very interesting that that Topps still didn't actually price it at the market price. Like the market price is already higher than what Topps priced it at. So personally, yeah. I don't have a huge issue with companies doing that. One story I like to tell Rob, if you did something, if you produced a thousand of something for $10 and then the next, for the person that paid you $10 for it, went and sold it for 150 You'd raise your price. And they did that to you for 18 months? How would you feel as a creator? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's why, I, yeah, that's a very good analogy. Thank you. Yeah. So to be honest, I don't have a huge problem with, the, with it. I think the market might be too high for it. But for years, I've complained that it was undervalued. So I don't, I don't know what to do now that I think it's overvalued. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so I hope that answered your question, Monk, and thank you for participating. Remember, if you have a question, uh, hit us with the hashtag GoGTSLiveQA, and we might just answer it in the show. Also, those are our thoughts. You can reply to that tweet also, GoGTSLiveQA. You can reply with your thoughts and in the chat. Like, you know, this is a hobby show. We love seeing what everybody has to say. That's so, right. Um, speaking of everybody, Rob... I've got some stuff to give away. Cool. I'm looking at the I've viewer got it right count in front of me here. <laughs> unfortunately, not everybody's going to get something, but everybody was eligible to win. If they retweeted 
the live broadcast and if they followed us on Twitter. So, yeah. So here we go to everybody. We're going to pull some winners right now. Um, real quick, the winners, uh, it is your job to be watching the show and claim your prize uh, before the weekend so that Rob can get it shipped out to you promptly. Uh, you claim your prize by emailing us, live at gogts.net, the name of the show, at the name of the website. And when you email us, include your name, your mailing address, what you won, and your Twitter handle so that it's nice and easy for Rob to mail it to you. We need to know where it's going. Uh, the first person to do that is going to get a Giannis die cut, but the first person to do that named Paul Ender one, the first person that needs to do that is Paul Ender one to win the Giannis die cut, uh, that we pulled last week that made its way back into the prize pool. Um, next up, we've got that chase young patch. And this is kind of fun. Cause I'm pretty sure that the gentleman is a Washington football club fan, uh, collect till I die. Congratulations on that. Um, maybe he's an Atlanta Falcons fan. I could be wrong. Crap. Uh, either way, the Chase Young patch is going to collect till I die. Uh, we've got a GTS prize pack, which includes a T-shirt. So you got to include your T-shirt size, your desired T-shirt size, as well as a breaker mat. Uh, that's going to Master DPK. Congratulations, Master DPK. And this is prescience. Uh, Rob, you, you get the, you get the little cookie that says it literally the person that just commented, I want that Marvel box in Twitch is the person whose name <laughs> I just spit everywhere. <laughs> Congratulations, Ted Dastic Jr. You were the name drawn for the upper deck Marvel ages box. You just called your shot. Good job, man. Uh, Ted Dastic Jr. Um, you won the Upper Deck Marvel Ages box. I'm sure you're claiming it as we speak. You are not going to delay. I got to figure out what sports cards on my desk I just spit all over. Um, uh, sorry, Matthew Hopp, American first Bundesliga hat trick by an American Tops Now card. Um, and Monk said in the Twitch chat, the real prize is having your GoGTS Live QA questions read two weeks in a row. Oh. Well, Monk, you've been asking good questions, man. Asking good questions. All right. Uh, quick programming announcement. Next week, we'll be having Upper Deck's very own Chris Carlin talking Series 2 hockey. Uh, so be sure to come back for that. Uh, special thanks to David Sobolov for uh, joining us as our special guest. Uh, Upper Deck for providing an extra box of Marvel Ages to give away and the hits uh, from previous Panini boxes. Stay tuned next week for a bit of a Panini Palooza, I think, as we catch up on some products. Uh, James Gale behind the scene, keeping everything running, uh, making us look good. And as always, to Ivan. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah. I think We're that's gone. a show. That's All a show. Right. And bring your bring your box breaking hands next week, Rob. You're going to be busy. All right. And speaking of box breaking, obviously you guys had some nice PC uh, mail day stuff come in because uh, quite a few entries for the outro. Just uh, tag us with the hashtag GoGTSPC 
uh, your big hits, your polls, your mail days, whatever, and you'll have an opportunity to get featured in our outro video. But we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. And in the meantime, you know what to be doing. Always be collecting. Good night, everybody. Have a great weekend.